Hey, thanks for checking out another episode of the Blake Benz Podcast. Today's episode is awesome. Man, I was so excited to get Kelly Merbler on the show today. Whenever I think about leadership, management, culture, this is the person that I think of when I think of an expert in the space. Kelly Merbler is the owner of the Kelly Merbler Company. She's an executive coach. She's a leadership expert. She's part of the John Maxwell team. She's phenomenal, and I think you're going to enjoy this episode. Hey, if you're a first-time listener, make sure you subscribe to the podcast. Make sure you leave a review on the podcast. Enjoy this episode. It's a good one, and I will catch you later. See ya. Hey, thanks for checking out another episode of the Blake Benz Podcast. I'm sitting down with a friend of mine, Kelly Merbler, who is a leadership coach. She's an executive coach. She's a Gallup Certified Strength Finders coach. She's on the John Maxwell team. She is phenomenal. I've been following her quite a while. Kelly, I don't really know exactly wherever you will be because I know you're always speaking somewhere, but I am glad to have you (laughs) on the show here today. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me, Blake. I really appreciate it. Well, I and like I just mentioned, I, I've just I've been enthused with your content for quite a while now. You really have a handle in the leadership space. It feels like this your your content just really comes natural to you. It's um it's funny you say that because I feel that it's always been a part of me. I just had to figure that out for myself. Uh, but I've done a lot of self discovery on my my personal leadership, being a leader. And um, it's really just taught me a lot about doing what I do today. So it's been a lot of uh, study and research mm. and just applying what I've learned. So that's, that's, and if you don't mind me like pressing in a little bit more on that, because it's interesting because I, you know, mm-hmm. I think sometimes, especially whether it's on social media, LinkedIn, what have you, you have these people who they have, it, it's almost like they have so much clarity around who they are and, and really how they contribute and make an impact and so it's a bit surprising to hear you say, yeah, you know, it, it, it actually, I didn't just wake up, you know, one day and have all this, this insight and expertise. Talk to me a little bit more about, you know, what, what, what has that process been for you, especially, you know, bringing to what you're doing today? Sure. Um, and it definitely is not even near complete yet. I mean, leadership is, it's like I've learned, it's not an event. It's, it's not a destination. It's, ongoing and process and and building upon where we're at. So I have years to go to, to get mastery behind it. But for me, I look at, you know, I spent 21 years with one organization right out of college. And, you know, I was responsible for myself for so many of those years, probably about 12 to 15 of, of those years. I just worried about producing results for myself. That's what I did. I was an individual contributor. And then I was tapped on the shoulder to, um, lead a team and turn around a division. And I remember stepping into that and saying, Oh my, this is very different. And I didn't know what I didn't know. And I realized very quickly that I was not prepared to lead the way my team needed me to lead them, but I did the best I could based on what I knew about myself. And that's really where it started. I, I had an awakening really because you know, for many years, I was, you know, top of the scorecard. And 
I had gotten great reviews on my annual reviews and feedback on my 360s as an individual. And then you put me in responsible for, you know, 15 to 25 people at some point. And uh, the reviews were not so great when I was, uh, let's call me the manager back then. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, I, I empathize with you because I, I feel like there's a multitude, um, you know, sometimes when we think about like a bad boss, we think of like the malicious, like toxic person. And it's, it's, mm-hmm. it's not always, um, it's, that's not always the case. It feels like there's a band of, you know, if we can call them managers, but just people who, and they are flourishing in their own right. And then they, it's almost like not really getting set up for success, but they transition mm-hmm. to now managing people. And there's this like disconnect of, whoa, okay, hang on. There's, this is, mm-hmm. this is not what I was really expecting. And it's not pinging like I thought it would. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, um, and there's nothing wrong with this. It's just what's right for every person. But some, sometimes we take those uh, promotions for for the wrong reasons uh and we don't know what we're really getting into and what the responsibility is behind it you know sometimes people want to be managers because they get another zero in their paycheck or they get the corner office with the window they get the power the control and what comes with that responsibility but you know that's that's really not what i ever wanted to be um known for you know i really i i have learned through time that I didn't want to be a manager. And that's what I was for so many years. I was managing processes and P&Ls and the um, KPIs, mm. but I didn't really know how to lead. And there is such a difference in managing and leading and organizations like they need both. They absolutely need both to be successful, but they are two opposite ends of the spectrum. And I just didn't know the difference. Um, I thought if I just managed the process as I always did for myself, everything else would just fall into place. And yeah, it just doesn't work that way when you are you know, responsible for people. People yeah. don't want to be managed. Who wants to be managed? <laughs> right. Talk to me a little bit more about what do you mean about the difference between a, um, a leader and a manager? Uh, well, what I've really learned and it all makes sense now is, you know, management is about the operations and the systems and, making sure the workflows, um, it's about the production of the results within known constraints and conditions. It's managing that process. And leadership is, is all about changing the order of things. Hmm. And leaders lead, they change how things are because they have the courage to step out of what has been going on. And they see the vision of where it could be. And they're not afraid to have the courage to change things and I think the key word is change because when it comes to leadership, you have to have the courage to know that you might have to change things sometimes. Mm-hmm. And uh, my mentor taught me leadership is one word. Leadership is influence, nothing more, nothing less. And you can influence for good or influence for bad and how you use it. That's, that's what your responsibility is. Well, and in, I think that last statement is really powerful because I know I've talked to some people who they are almost frustrated by the responsibility of their own influence of um, Mm -hmm. maybe maybe it is the wrong reasons, you know, and you made a, you made a post the other day that said something like, you know, you could have chased the paycheck, but you didn't. Right. Mm -hmm. And so some people, Mm -hmm. you know, their motives are a bit misaligned and, and they almost get, um, it's like, I guess it's wanting the perks without the pay or not the pay, the responsibility of the sacrifice that it takes to lead people. Um, The question Mm -hmm. I have for you is, you know, especially as just listening to you talk about, 
leadership and leaders in general. I know a lot of times when we think about leaders, we think about these really massive figures, even in our own lives, but like, you know, I'm sure on, on LinkedIn, you know, people see you that way. I know there's, everyone has sort of their favorite author from like a leadership perspective. How do you, how do you bridge the gap between these sort of celebrity leadership figures and then just the everyday person who's thinking like, I want to lead, I want to have influence, but I'm not, I'm not this, you know, I hate the word guru, but I'm not like this leadership expert or this well-known person. Like how, how do we make leadership more tangible for the everyday person? Um, when I think about that, you know, there are, I guess the word influencers are out there and, you know, you have to be, have so many followers and all that. And I, I think about that and leadership is influence. Like I said, that's what John Maxwell taught me, but you don't have to have a title to be a leader. I, I tell people this all the time. Like I have a 11 year old and a 13 year old son and I see how they are leading. Um, and they're, you know, you look at kids on a playground, for example, you know who the leader is. <laughs> it's the one that's influencing the other kid. Right. Right. So we, there is leadership within all of us, but some of us use it for the greater good. And some unfortunately use it for different reasons for the power and the control and the manipulation. And it's just really being self-aware. I think of how we use uh, the influence that we have. And that's where my growth really started was I had the greatest of intentions, but I just didn't know what I didn't know. And so I didn't know how to lead correctly and I knew I had to take a step back and say, wait a minute, if, if I want this team to be better and I want, you know, what I'm responsible to, for to be better, then I have to be better. And that's where people can really say, okay, I want to be a leader someday, or I am a leader, but I want to be a better leader. The first person you have to start leading is yourself. Because if you don't want to follow yourself, who else is going to follow you? Now, now, where did that where did that drive and ambition where did that come from for you? Because because you you aren't the first person who's been in a situation of leadership where you've realized it's not pinging, but your your reaction was I would call it different and not the norm for a lot of people who, and we've all had the boss who says, "Well, that's their problem, not my problem." I remember one time I did a three sixty with somebody who probably the lowest scores I've ever seen. And literally his reaction was, oh my gosh, I need to fire these people. And I was like, mm -hmm. oh no, that is, not, that is not what I intended you to get out of this. You know, where did that come from from you? I don't know, was it, was it a parent? Was it a mentor? I mean, what, how did you get that drive? Well, I've always, I mean, I've always had a drive within me. I, I mean, just when I think back of when I was younger, I mean, I've always been competitive to be the best in whatever I do. It's it's an innate gift I have within me and not everybody possesses that, but I know my strengths and that's part of the strengths that I have within me. It's a gift that I have that I'm always striving to be better. And I, um, when it comes to leadership, I think I lost a lot of confidence. Um, at one point a few years ago, I just lost confidence in myself because I didn't feel like I was growing and I was getting better. And I kind of, I guess think of that as like a flower that's kind of dying on the vine mm -hmm. where it has the ability if it's, you know, watered and nurtured and in the sunlight, but I just I couldn't find the resources to get there. And I just started looking for the resources and I, it's not 
how many resources you have sometimes, Blake, and I'm sure you've heard this before, it's how resourceful we are. Mm. And I just went on the search for a mentor and being the person that I am and wanting to be the best, I wanted the best leadership expert to help me really understand how to be better. And that's kind of what awakened that fire in me that had died out. Mm. And once I met that mentor and it sparked that I can do big things and I have somebody that believes in me and sees this within me. It was like wildfire in that moment. And that's where I, I awakened and just said, I want to be the best leader I can be so I can help impact other people that are in the same position. And it started with that mentor. Mm. I mean, like what, I mean, what did that conversation look like? Was it, was it mostly, cause like, I know you do, I know you do strengths finder. I, I know you have, mm-hmm. you're, you're really great on um, helping people get clarity on really who they are and, and how they contribute. I mean, was it, was it that kind of conversation or like what, what was it that took you from I'm dying on the vine to now I, I it's like, I have this rhythm and passion and purpose that is really driving me. It was getting myself around people that were smarter than me better than me, more successful in me than me, um, in leadership and not being afraid to get in those, uh, rooms with other people. But, um, my mentor, I, I'm just blessed in that sense because I have been mentored by John Maxwell and he's the one that put me in those situations when I was going through this kind of transformation, we'll call it in my life and this reinvention. And he put me in those rooms that, Um, When he told me, he's like, Kelly, when you become the smartest person in the room, you better find another room. And there's no bad intent behind that statement, but it's really true when you think about it. If you're learning the same thing all the time over and over again from the same people, you're not learning new things and new ways of doing things. And when he started putting me in those situations, that's where I saw, wow, there's so much more I can learn. And it just really ignited that feeling of, I just want to grow as far as I can. And I need to stop asking, how long is this going to take? And start saying, how far can I go? Yeah, wow. And 2014, October is when that started. And it's, you know, look where we're at. We're five years later now. And I've been working on it every day since. And it's and it, just that fire started. Someone lit it for me, but that's the key. A leader lit that within me and believed in me and look at how far it's taken me at this point. And, and you know, that's kind of the magic of leadership is, you know, you, you impact one person and sometimes we don't, we don't have the longevity of our vision to see how now, mm-hmm. how now that person is going to go on. And, and that's part of your fruit, right? Like you impact one person and mm-hmm. that person goes on and, and it's kind of, um, it's exciting. And I don't know, how, does, is that mentor aware of all the things you're doing now? I mean, is that person um, able to see the fruit of what you're absolutely. creating? That's great. Oh, absolutely. We still, um, we still share messages and updates and calls as we can. Um, and I'm able to see him at conferences, but he's well aware because my, my uh, how would I put this? My way of paying it back for, for him is by sharing with him what that one conversation has done yeah, and how much value it added in just me. And think of how many other people that's happened to. I want to keep sharing what it's doing to impact so many others, because if I'm starting to do that for other people, then it's, it's 
the greatest return you can give because he started it for me and now I'm doing it for so many other people. And that's my way of saying thank you for what you've done for me because now I'm paying it forward and mm. sharing what you taught me for others. Well, it's, it's, it's powerful to see what you're doing too, because I love how, how, you know, whenever I see your content, you know, and obviously you're, I mean, man, it's, it's, it feels like you're always somewhere presenting, you know, it feels like you're always impacting someone. And so I think, I think credit to you, it feels like you're not, you're not blowing smoke. I mean, you're, you are, that passion is so obvious and it's clear also that you're creating real tangible change in, in people's lives, which you know, that's what matters, right? Is the actual impact that we're making. It does, but it also has taken, you know, five years to get to this point where I'm speaking more and more and able to build on my, my clients and the organizations I work with. And that's the thing. It's just, I'm just getting started, Yeah. but it's taken this long to get to this point. And that's where I say, it's like, stop asking how long is it going to take and just stay focused on the growth and development and how far can it go? And now, so I look at now five years out and now I look at what's going to another five years going to look like and how many more people can I help? Mm. Now, how, how have you stayed patient in that whole process? Cause I, I know a lot of people, they, Not, <laughs> you know, they get started and then it's like, Oh my yeah. gosh, this is, this is taking forever. You know, I want to be that person on stage or, or what have you you know, I mean, five years, that's, that is a journey. I mean, how have you stayed committed to it? And that's the hardest part because patience is not in my DNA (laughs) (laughs) at all. Um, And I I will tell you very, you know, honestly, I've become frustrated along the way. You know, it's not been easy. Um, It's never easy ever. But that's the thing. If you want something so bad though, and you know what your true calling and your true purpose is, whatever that is, for me, it's developing leaders. For someone else, it's, you know, maybe to get a car or go on a trip or, you know, have a family. It could be a million other things. It's what's, what's that for you? Are you willing to invest in what that's going to take to get you there and know that there'll be peaks and valleys? And be willing. That's why people quit. Mm. That is why people quit is because, you know, we have these uphill visions of getting to the top of the mountain, but, you know, we have downhill habits and we're not willing to fix that. And, Mm. you know, there's gaps we have in our growth and roadblocks. And one of those, there's five gaps that I teach my clients. And one of them is the expectation gap when we start growing. And that says that, we thought it would be easier. Hmm. We expected it to be easier. And that's where the gap lies because when we start, it's the start that stops us. Hmm. We start, but then we fail. Well, so we and, stop doing it. And you know, I, I, I don't think social media really helps in the sense of, you know, everyone is posting, you know, if we're talking about a five-year journey, everyone's posting about, you know, that last month of the fifth year and they're not always mm-hmm. posting about the less glamorous things or, you know, when there's a dollar in the bank account or when there's a month where you didn't impact anyone or talk to anyone. And, and, and so I, in some ways I can empathize and relate with, and I know you can as well with people who are wondering, wait, you know, why is this so much harder than I thought it was going to be? Like I thought, <laughs> I thought this was going to be a lot easier than it currently is. No, well, it's true. And that's, I mean, that's another gap. It's, it's comparison, the comparison gap, because yeah. we look at those highlight reels and it, I mean, that's a real issue. We, 
and I've done it. I'm, I'm no different than anybody else. You know, you think others are better than me. Um, and I can't be as good as that person or this person is so far ahead. And I look at, you know, speakers that are speaking to thousands of people and I'm, I have to sit back sometimes and check myself and say, listen, I'm entering into, you know, the third year of building my organization. I'm on chapter three. Mm-hmm. That person is on chapter 15. They've been doing it for 15 years. So I have to understand what did it take for them to get to year 15? And I got to just keep working on year three. Yeah. And I, I heard um, someone gave me a statistic the other day that said that Peter Drucker, you know, who's just so well known in the consulting space that two thirds of his book were written after the age of 60, mm-hmm. which just I totally could see, you know, yeah. <laughs> blows my mind. Cause I'm 32. And so I'm like, well, geez, I have to wait 30 years then, which isn't true. You know, it's not like that, but at the same time, it's, it's being mindful mm-hmm. of, okay, there, there is a process and a timeliness. And, um, I love what you called it, you know, not falling into the trap of comparison. Yeah, it's true. And, you know, I've said this to a lot of people. I love to write. So I write about this a lot. And, um, I always say the prize is in the process because you don't see it when you're going through the process. Like you're in the, you are in the Valley and it's hard and you're failing and, you know, you get punched in the gut. You get a lot of doors slammed in your face and you get a lot of rejection letters that, you know, people just, they don't see the value yet or they have relationships in place and you're just working your way into that industry. But, um, the prize is in the process and it's those rejections where, you know, I do fall down, but I get back up and I just have the attitude as hard as it is sometimes to say, you know what? I got to know there because I'm not supposed to be there. Mm -hmm. There's something else, another door that is opening that I'm supposed to be at. And I don't know what it is yet, but I need to just keep on moving. Now, now, as I'm listening to you, I'm, I'm really, um, I really admire just your passion, your fire, your energy, but I have to ask, are, are you always like this or are there days where you have to really, I mean, how do you stay, how do you stay fueled like you are right now? I mean, how do you stay purposed? Um, any advice there? Yeah. I'm, and I'm human, Blake. I mean, yeah, I have <laughs> tough days too. Absolutely. It's, I, we're talking about something I'm so passionate about. So when yeah. the subject <laughs> is on, like I'm in my gift zone right now. Yeah, so I like, just, I know I'm in my zone and it sure. just fires me up, but yeah, I get up. I have bad hair days just like other women. And I have, you know, days where I just don't feel like doing much, but you know, I, and I'll use January, the beginning of this year, I I had a week of, you know, nobody needed me. Hmm. And I had one of those moments where I was like, Oh my God, maybe, maybe I don't need, nobody's going to need me to do anything anymore this year. Or, you know, I feel like a loser today. Oh my God, nobody's calling. The phone's not ringing. Mm -hmm. And how I get recentered again is uh, for me, at least I, I just put on something that I can listen to and hear someone else's story about how they conquered fear and I'll take a walk and I don't know, it'll just kind of reset me again. Um, and I'm also a faith-based person. So I, I really follow my faith and I trust. Um, but you know, I have those moments. I'm just like everybody else. I'm no smarter and I don't know anything more than anybody else. I'm real. Well, 
clearly you're very humble, which I appreciate. You know, speaking of your faith, I, I know that you are um, really involved at your church. I know you're traveling a lot. You mentioned you have your family. How do you mm-hmm. have, how do you manage your time? I mean, how do you stay, you know, manage all those priorities? And because uh, I think that's, a ch- that in and of itself is, I think, a challenge that many of us struggle with, especially in the entrepreneurial space, especially in the business space. How do you, how do you manage everything? Well, I stopped managing it because when we try to manage it, we will self-implode sometimes and we can't be everything to everyone. So you have to first accept and give yourself permission that you can't do everything. Um, And it's taken me a while to get there because I feel bad when I have to say no sometimes, but, you know, I have to put my priorities straight and, you know, family's first for me. So I... I really started looking at where I was spending my time as well, just doing audits at the end of the year and just reflecting on, you know, where am I getting the greatest return and where am I building deep relationships and where am I growing personally? And, you know, sometimes you have to weed out things that aren't, you know, giving that back to you. And, um, and I also realized we have a lot of time when we really look at it, we just are using it, doing other things. And those five minutes here and there, they add up in a day and in a week. Mm-hmm. And I had to just start looking at, okay, so spending a lot of time here on this social media, I need to narrow that time down. I can get 20 minutes back there. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you add, you know, 20 and 10 minutes every other day, that's, you know, a few hours a week. And um, that's, well, I just started looking at it that way. And I love that too, because um, I think you're spot on. I think, I think we have a lot more time than we think we do. Um, and I've even, I've even gotten to the point where someone will say, you know, I actually had a guy who I, I was slow to get back to someone and he was like, Hey, I know you're busy. And I said, no, no, it's, we're all busy. You know, we all have <laughs> things that we're doing, but I do some uh, leadership development for some college. I'm in a college town for some college students. Okay. I had a college student who was like, Oh, I'm just so busy. And I was like, okay, hang on. You're never going to have more time than you have right now. Right. You know, no kids, mm-hmm. no job, you know? And so I, I think you're so right that, that sometimes it takes a sort of an ownership of our schedule of being mindful of mm-hmm. okay, where, where do I really spend my time and um, how can I maximize that in, in a meaningful way? Yeah. And if it's, you know, a priority, it goes on my calendar and it doesn't have to be a work related thing either that goes on my calendar. It, it's a family event or something I want to do with my sons or, you know, something I want to do at church. It goes on my, my outlook and I block that time. So it's my time. Mm-hmm. Now I, I do have another question for you and this is, this is like the most important question. So I have a baby coming in March. You have 13 years on me. You're the expert <laughs> in leadership. Tell me, tell me what to do to be a good parent. Your first one? This is your first, First one. Right? Yeah. I have a dog, but people oh, well. tell me it doesn't count. So, you know. Oh, my goodness. So, and what is the due date? March 11th. March. Oh, so it's getting really close. Oh, yeah. Okay, I'm so, feeling, my hands are a little nervous, a little sweaty, I mean, so. I remember that feeling, and I am no expert in parenting. <laughs> um, I, I don't think, you know, you'll ever figure it out sometimes, but one piece of advice I would give you is between now and the due date, get as much sleep as you can (laughs) and do as many dinner dates, movies, whatever it is you and your wife love to do and really just cherish that quiet time you have right now because your life is about to change all for the good 
but you really, it's just your focus will be very shifted on what is most important and you are no longer first. Mm. Mm. I love it. I'm thrilled. I'm excited for it. I know it's, I know it's, um, everyone keeps telling me it's like the hardest thing you'll ever do. And I'm like, okay, yeah. And they're like, no, 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 really. It's, it's harder than even that. And so, um, I'm excited. (laughs) Well, uh, one other question for you, what's next for you? And, um, really another question, actually, I got two questions for you. What's next for you? And then the second piece, Mm -hmm. you know, everyone has their, their, leadership lines that they really love, you know, their sayings, they really build, you know, their platform around, you know, things like, um, you know, people don't care what you know until they know how much you care, things like that. What's like the one piece of leadership advice for my listeners that you absolutely just, it, it just brings you to life, sets you on fire, gets you excited. You know, what's the one thing? Oh my God. To narrow this down to one, that's really hard. But, what's, what's top of um, mind for you right now then? Mine is, and I do write a lot. If, if you do read some of my stuff, but some of the things I love to write are quotes that I relate back to, you know, my personal journey. And if I'm thinking about it is it, one thing I wrote is if you're going to start a movement, you have to be the one to make the first move. Mm. And that goes to really you are in control of you. You can't control everything else around you at all times. But if you want to do something, whether that's be a better leader or, you know, build your company or, you know, really invest in something that's important to you, nobody is going to do it for you. Mm. Nobody is going to make you better. And that your success or your failure is all on you. And you have to be willing to take ownership of that. And if you want to change, you have to start it. You have to be the first one. And my other favorite one is by John Maxwell. Everything rises and falls on leadership. Mm. And isn't that the truth? Mm. Powerful words. Now, for my listeners, what, what's the one thing, Kelly, that, that they can do to follow you and stay connected to you? Uh, well, my most used platform is LinkedIn. So please connect with me on LinkedIn under Kelly Merbler. Um, and I do have a business page, uh, the Kelly Merbler company. Um, and then also my website, Kelly Merbler co co.com. Uh, and that's usually the best place to find me, um, through those, those areas. So I usually am putting out my events. Um, oh, one other thing is I do a weekly, um, every Sunday, uh, I come home and I spend an hour writing about leadership and I put an inspirational message with, um, some little nuggets in it, uh, you know, things to do to apply in your leleadership. Uh, and I send it out to uh, people that I have on my newsletter. So you can always uh, reach out to me if you want to be added to that through um, my website. And so they can opt in on your website for that newsletter? They just need to send me an email on my website and then I'll add their email on it. Uh, it says connect with Kelly or you could even even send it through a LinkedIn message to say, I want to be added to your weekly inspiration. It includes also the events I have coming and um, workshops that I'll be doing for organizations or speaking engagements. Great. Great. Love it. Well, Kelly, thank you so much for your time. And I so appreciate your insight today. No, it's my pleasure. And thank you for your patience because it's taken you a year to have this call. 
I know <laughs> we made it happen. That's all that matters. So, absolutely. Uh, for the listeners, absolutely give Kelly a follow. I'll put the link to her website and also her LinkedIn in the episode description. Hey, if you enjoyed this episode, I'd love to hear about it. You can email me, Blake, at goodadvicecoaching.com. Feel free to leave a review on the podcast. Subscribe to the podcast. If you're a first-time listener, you can keep getting some great content like our interview with Kelly today. Thanks for listening, and we will catch you next week. See ya.